0: Welcome to episode four of building the board as we've got another 10 players for you continuing the big uglies still on offensive line now talking about our interior offensive linemen can't wait to hear what Jacob and Quentin have to say about this set of guys so I'll go ahead and throw it right on over to them Jacob Quentin who are we taking a look at?
1: Yeah, we're taking a look at the interior offensive lines. That's offensive guard and center. And these are these are not our top 10 guys. This is just our first batch of 10 guys. So we're just set, setting some baseline names out there that we've watched. We can just go ahead and kick this right off with everyone's favorite offensive tackle slash offensive guard slash center out of Northwestern, Peter Skaronsky. Now, I watch Peter Skaronsky, and I see a guy who, you know, Body control is off the charts. His hand placement is consistent. His pad level is great. He's got an outstanding anchor. And I should say his hand placement is consistent when he can reach enough to place his hands, which is why I have him as an offensive guard here. I have some questions about his length really deterring him at the next level. And it's really just because every game that I watched, I saw one to three plays where it was just his length really caused a problem. And I just don't think that number gets smaller in the NFL. But when I look at him, I see the guy who is the best offensive guard in this class who could kick inside the center and be one of the best centers in this class, if not the best center. So he's still very high on my board. I'm just skeptical of his ability to stay at offensive tackle and, repair those issues of when a, when a long defender gets in his chest, it not being the end of the rep. What do you think, Jacob?
0: I think the concerns with Skaransky in that regard are totally fair. I'm very interested in seeing what his combine arm length is going to end up being because, I mean, I don't expect it's going to be all that great, at least from an offensive tackle perspective. So I can totally see moving in, I, him moving inside or teams thinking he's going to kick inside. It's kind of that Rashawn Slater sort of situation in my mind where I guess it could really vary by team. I think that Skoronsky, from a pure film perspective is the best offensive lineman in this class. And when it's all said and done, I'm going to have the best film grade of him out of any tackle guard center, however you want to put it. I think, you know, him stepping in as a replacement for Slater in 2020 and ever since he's just been fantastic. Uh, you're just looking at a coordinated individual who knows what he's doing Low to the ground, lands his strikes well. He's got pretty good grip strength. I don't think he's like the nastiest blocker out there, but I think he's just very coordinated, has very good spatial awareness, and knows if he's looking for work in pass pro, he does a really good job of making the right calls, does a good job of finding work in, you know, in like a zone sort of run situation. And he's coordinated too. You know, you get him at the point of attack, he can roll his hips to seal off defenders and, you know, open up lanes for his teammates in the run game. So, I th- very clearly a round one guy. I think, you know, that's not really up for debate. Yeah. It's just a matter of where in round one, does he go? If someone views him as a tackle, then I could see, you know, him being a top 10 pick. Cause I certainly think he's a top 10 talent in this class. It's just a matter of, do you want to pick a guard in the top 10? Because that happens so rarely. So and I can see it happens, him a little bit.
1: When it happens, you end up paying Quentin Nelson. Like he's a left tackle. Five yeah, years down the road, which you know, everyone wants Quentin Nelson on their team, but I don't know how many folks want to pay their left guard or right guard. I forget which he plays, but whichever Skoransky would play, like a left tackle.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's going to be really interesting to see. But you know, I think we're both in agreement. Skoransky's a great player, it's just a matter of where he ends up. And then another guy that you know, I want to bring up here is another tackle that we're projecting a guard, and this guy's this guy's a lot of fun to watch. And that's a Cody mock out of North Dakota state. I just think there's so much football character there with him, you know, on and off the field. And I watch a dude who's very coordinated. I mean, he started off his collegiate career as a tight end and then made the switch to offensive lineman, very good coordinated mover, just a smooth athlete who I think he could really fit in like a bear sort of zone scheme situation where assuming They have the offseason to bring in some more of their guys. I expect them to use outside zone a little bit more. The athleticism is there. The want-to is there. The nastiness is there. And the play strength is there. And I think from a technical perspective, he's a bit of a work in progress. And, you know, being a small school guy, there might be some concerns. All right, not only is he making the jump from the FCS to the NFL, but he's also switching from tackle to guard. So there's a bit of – might be a bit of an adjustment period there with him, uh, which for an older prospect, maybe not the best. But watching his tape, I think he's going to have a rock-solid career. I'm looking at a round two on him right now. Uh, Q, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I've I've got early round two on him. And I think to some of what you said, like I'd like to see him add a little more power in the lower half, but like the way that he plays, it's fine. You know, like, it, he he doesn't I, – I just like to see him a, li- a little more mass mass in that lower half once he gets to the NFL. But and what I mean by the way he plays, it's fine, is, like, to play the way he does, you have a little bit of a screw loose, I think. Like, you – an offensive line coach that I've talked to before has said, you know, you can't teach a guy to just throw his hat into the chaos. They either know how to do it or they don't, or they, they just instinctively do it or they don't. And Mock is one of those guys who instinctively does it. There is there is no flight. It's all fight with him. He has thrown his hat in the ring. He is coming for you, and it's it's awesome. <laughs> I mean, it's exactly what I'd want, an offensive guard. So when I say I'd like to see him add a little more strength, I think he can get away without it just because he's such a physical presence out there when yeah. he's playing. And I think he is a outstanding fit for a zone blocking scheme because, of, like you said, that movement ability, that lateral agility, the ability to get out on the move and not only get in the way of his targets, but hit them. You know, like a lot of the zone blocking, it's like, you just got to get in the way and, at least, and you're doing something still. But he does he does that and then sub, which is really encouraging to see as a run blocker. One of the tough things I've ran into with him, though, is getting a feel for his pass blocking just because North Dakota State is such a run heavy team and everything is play action bootleg that there's you don't get many reps of him pass blocking and true pass sets. But with his athleticism, I'm not too concerned about it. Moving on here. To a more like a not more interesting, but an interesting prospect out of NC State who uh, just recently started getting a little more buzz Chander Zavala, left guard uh, for NC State. And when I'm watching him, I see a a guy who's just an incredible athlete for his size. Like he can, he he has a a springy nature to to his feet, to his ankles that he's just can kind of bounce around out there. And Generally, I just I just liked his footwork. I, I thought that he was pretty efficient with his feet in general. I didn't love his grip strength though. It seemed like he had a hard time hanging on to guys once he got latched on and driving them. Like he just just not much of a finishing mentality with him. But w- when watching him, I mean and thinking it through and watching some of last year's tape, him and ikia Aquanu were locking down that, that, that side of the line for NC State and in 22 he was still doing a lot of the same stuff it's not like he was uh just relying on Aquanu to cover for him he was he was doing as much of the work as he had previously so i think he's a he's a prospect to watch what do you think jacob
0: no i definitely agree i think zavala one thing that really impressed me with him is you know he had a very good career at a fairmount state and i couldn't tell you if my life depended on it what division that is but I know it's a smaller school and I forgot to write down exactly if it's FCS, D2, D3, whatever. That's going to come back to bite me.
1: But am writing that down right now. <laughs> I didn't know that.
0: <laughs> but yeah. And uh, after his you know, successful career there, he stepped into NC State's starting lineup right away once he transferred in 2021. And he's a guy, you know, not the biggest dude out there, but he's, he's low to the ground and, I think he's got heavy hands, you know, does a good job of keeping his legs churning. Even if sometimes he gives up a little bit in the power, the size department, uh, there's still a want to there. And I think he's, uh, he's got a nice overall awareness about him where he knows what assignments to pick up in zone situations. I'd like to see him improve his flexibility a little bit. I think that naturally he's not the biggest guy out there. So he's a bit lower to the ground because of that. But I think he can really unlock an even deeper aspect of his game if he works on that flexibility. So uh, but I do agree that, you know, from an athleticism perspective, there's definitely stuff to like with him there. I have him as a, a day three talent. I don't know uh where he's gonna end up, truthfully, because I haven't heard a ton of buzz around him. He's picking he's picking up, but I don't think there's like a consensus grade on him right now. So I'm thinking yeah.
1: I didn't really know he even existed until a few weeks ago.
0: So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm a, and you know, I'm thinking probably like a day three guy. I don't think he's going to go like super high. I, I could see like, I don't know, like round five, maybe for him. Uh, there, there are some concerns with this game that I have uh, at least from, you know, like a pure flexibility, and a size perspective, but the want twos there, you know, the play strength is there. Uh, I think there are flashes with him. So there's a dude I want to bring up. It's a you know a good center class, but you know that means some guys tend to fall a little bit under the radar. One of those guys is uh, Alex Forsyth out of Oregon. And again, like I said, it's a very good center class. I think in any other class, Forsyth we're looking at as you know a strong mid round candidate. I think he might fall to you know say like fifth or sixth round because of that, uh, just because of the sheer talent there is. Uh, I mean, that he's a little bit older. He's going to be 25 in his rookie year. So, you know, you're naturally looking at guy. Yeah. I didn't know
1: why I was not hearing about this guy after watching his tape. And that, that makes more sense. Yeah,
0: So that'll, uh, that'll knock you down a little bit, but I mean, watching him on tape, he's, he seems like a pretty high floor type of prospect. Uh, He's got experience at both guard spots and he can play right tackle, So uh, he's not just a pure center, like some of the other guys in this class. And I think that'll really help out his draft value. He, he's a smart guy. I think his experience shows well being a, you know, a three-year starter and just good spatial awareness does a good job of finding work, good job of uh, diagnosing exotic blitz looks when he faces them. Good snapper too. I think that's something, you know, being a center, obviously you have to snap the ball. Well, I think the bears have found that out the hard way over the years, but again, coordinated athlete, solid quickness. I don't think his physical ceiling super high. Uh, and that's why I don't think he's going to go any higher than day three. But I think that he's, you know, an intriguing prospect. And I'd be willing to take a shot on him, say around like round five or something. So I'm curious what you have to say about him. I mean, I'd be thrilled if the Bears got this guy in round five.
1: And I mean, I, I completely understand where you're coming from that he, he might not go until round five, but i Watching this guy's tape. I mean, I was, I watched him against Georgia and I don't know that I've seen a center handle Georgia that well all Mm -hmm. year. I mean, he was, he was finishing guys against Georgia, which is not, not something you see very often. And I mean, the thing that really stood out to me is that he will bury you if you let him. Like if you give him an opening to bury you, he will, he's a finisher and I agree. I thought he was a capable athlete, not an exceptional athlete, but capable, you know, like good enough. And really, the thing that stood out to me as run blocking was he got such good lift, popping his hips and lifting and driving was something that really stood out to me that he was he was able to get good vertical displacement on run plays. Um, so, like I said, capable athlete not extremely, you know, gifted but good enough that I think he's a guy who could play in the NFL at a high at a at a good level and I just thought he was his processor was impressive. The way he was picking up stunts and blitzes like nothing was happening like he just, you know, he knew it was coming and and it's that's something that's really hard to assess at the center position, right? It's like trying to see these guys think, but you don't want to see them think. You know, like you just want to see him react, and I thought that was something that he d- he did well. Was just react. He's not pausing and thinking. He's just yeah. seeing it going. It's automatic, and maybe that you know, like you said, if he's twenty five years old, that makes even more sense that he's seen a lot at this point. But I mean, at twenty five years old in the fifth round, I'll take him. You know, I'm, that, yeah. that's fine by me. Yeah. Um, no
0: arguments there.
1: Next up here, staying at the center position, we got. John Michael Schmitz. So, we all know, out of Minnesota, center prospect, um, outstanding athlete, just tall tall player. I'm not sure what his length came in at the Senior Bowl, but I'm sure it was better than a lot of centers because a lot of guys play center because they don't have great length, right? Um, But his his athleticism, his ability to play that kind of outside zone, wide zone, get out on the move is special. he's he's, he's gifted with it and he brings a finisher mentality with it, which is not something you see with a lot of zone blockers, you know, like really zone specific scheme guys. They're usually not the most physically imposing guys. And Michael Schmitz wants to, he wants, he wants to put, put you in the dirt, which is something that I've, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's old school football of me, but it's something that I'd love to see in offensive linemen. Now, some of the questions that I had with him, and I do think some of this does come from how athletic he is and how awkward of positions he ends up in sometimes because he's asked to go, you know, reach a guy five yards downfield and he gets in the way, but I see, I just see him on the ground a lot, which was one of, one of my issues with him. And I think I, probably in my grading, I over-knocked him for because at first I was like, why is this guy always on the ground? you know and now i'm thinking it through the last you know week or two since the senior bowl really the senior bowl is what kind of changed my mind some on him was seeing the positions that he was able to get into in the first place it's like he might have ended up on the ground but he changed that guy's trajectory to the football and that's all that really matters but that was an issue that or that was one of my questions another question was just uh kind of how he holds up in pass pro it seems like he he can get uh out leveraged at times and let let guys kind of get into his pads and his uh his anchor had some had some questions for me in those spots but what do you think Jacob
0: I'm with you on a lot of that I've made absolutely no attempt to hide the fact that I'm a big fan of John Michael Schmitz uh as in every like mock draft simulation I have almost all of them at this point have John Michael Schmitz and I'm not trying to do that to like commit to a bit. Although I guess at this point now I kind of have to, I just think he's the type of guy he steps in right away. Sure. He doesn't play the sexiest position, but I think he's a quality starter from day one. Uh, Just a well-rounded prospect. I think you're looking at, you know, solid size, good snapper, good from a technical perspective, you know, was flexible in his lower half moves around pretty well. Uh, I, I would like to see a little bit more in his anchor. I'm definitely with you there. I think that, some of that falling on the ground can be, all right, work on his core and work on his anchor a little bit, just get him a little bit stronger, but I still think he fights hard, just very intelligent, athletic, coordinated prospect, Uh, you know, a little bit older. So I think he falls to round two, but I have like a late round one fringe early round two on him, just because I think that he's going to stand out right away. And I've been comparing Creed Humphrey and that's not to say they're very similar in terms of talent I mean because one Creed's a left-handed center you know Schmitz isn't so for that alone but I think that you're looking at the type of impact that Creed Humphrey had for Kansas City right away as a second round pick I think you could see something somewhat similar to that with Schmitz and to that exact level I don't know but I could see Schmitz being a very good starter the next level for say 10 years or so That's just me. I recognize him a little bit higher on him than the consensus. So I'm not going to hate if people say, "Eh, I don't know, he's an older prospect and he plays center. Uh, I wouldn't take him that early, but you know, that's a Hill that I'm willing to, uh, you know, I don't want to say die on, but I'll just say I'm a big fan of Schmitz. And I think that that's something that, you know, watching John Michael Schmitz, uh, you know, watching his tape over the years, it's just been impressive to see how he's developed athletically and, how he's really ironed out his game. And there's another guy that I'm interested in, someone who, if you don't include Skaronsky as a guard, which in this exercise we are, but if you don't have Skaronsky as a guard, my top overall guard in this class is Osiris Torrance out of Florida. And that's not from a Bears perspective. I'm just going to say out loud, because I don't think he's a great fit for this game. I think that if there's a weakness in his game, it's really that he's not a great lateral athlete. He doesn't have a lot of range as a blocker. He doesn't have that sheer speed to really, co- uh, really cover a considerable amount of space. But I just, he's a strong dude. He's, he's big. He's compactly built. He's just got a strong anchor, strong upper body, nasty edge in his game, just a real mover at the point of attack. He's the type of guy who can displace guys in the run game and he's shown, you know, plenty of ability and pass protection as well. Even if he's not the best pure athlete out there, he does a good job keeping his head on a swivel, finding stuff to, you know, finding stuff to do if he doesn't have a defender directly over him, even though he's not the best athlete, I think he uses his body fairly well. I just think it's a matter of getting more explosive with him because he's fairly coordinated in my opinion. Like he can roll his hips through contact uh, in the run game pretty well. And he seems to have like decent enough control over his mobility it's just he's not super explosive so if you can get him to be a little bit more athletic, maybe have him drop a tiny bit of weight, then I think that that's you know a very interesting prospect excelled at Louisiana before moving to Florida and dominated there too. I think he's an early round too guys so Q I'm curious your thoughts about him because. Don't think he's a great fit for the Bears just from a schematic perspective, but I think he's a good player.
1: Yeah, no, I think he's a good player. I'm a little lower on him just because like you said, I don't think he's a good fit for the Bears. He's a little tight through the hips, I thought. And just I thought he was a a fine mover, but what like when it when asked to pull and get out on the move, but what got me was he doesn't use his hands to latch a lot when he's a polar or when he's hitting the second level, he just kind of throws his shoulders into the guy and tries to knock him down, but does it, doesn't, doesn't... Latch, grip, and drive—you know—and that—that's what you want. Like, I'd, I'd rather see the guy latch, grip, and drive because the, he's just taking the guy out of the play at that point. Very strong run blocker. I was actually much more impressed by his uh, Louisiana Lafayette tape than I was his Florida tape. I think Florida probably asked him to do a little more. Like it's Louisiana Lafayette was run heavy school, you know. And I think he was more in the mindset of I'm a run. Like I watched them against Texas. Uh, I actually I was at that game. And I noticed that he looks really good in that game. And then, like, I went back and watched it again just recently, and it was like, that guy can drive. You know, he, he's, he's driving some dudes off the football. Yeah. Uh, at Florida, I think he was asked to do a little more with pass protection. They probably passed more than he they had at Louisiana, and it probably kept him on his toes a little more, or on his heels, I should say. Um, but – I think he's a very talented player, very strong, but I'm just not sure he's a fit for the Bears because of so much that you said with his, his athleticism, his movement ability, and I, I'm just not sure that he's um, a guy that the Bears, like. even if they have a chance at 35, I'm not sure he's a guy they're going to want to take there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to say for it? And then moving into our next guy here, it is USC offensive guard, Andrew Voorhees. And I'm actually, I'm I'm a little torn on this guy. Um,
0: Awesome last name for an offensive lineman. Just getting that right out of the way.
1: (laughs) So I watched, the first game I watched him was 2022 against Oregon State. And I was sitting here going like, He was just playing with a lot of hesitancy in that game, and I'm not sure why. But it it just seemed very much like he he wasn't a finisher, wasn't, you know, taking charge. His pad level was a little tall, and he he just seemed like he was holding something back the whole game. And then after that, I flipped on the tape against Stanford. It was like I was watching a completely different player. It was like I was watching a a dude who, you know – someone made a bad joke about his mother before the game. It just flipped a switch. Like he was, he was angry. He was putting guys in the dirt. He looked strong. And in the previous game, he didn't look strong. He was just, it looked like he was getting in the way of, you know, the defenders, which is still better than not getting in the way, but not exactly what you're looking for either. Um, And his punch stood out to me at that point, which it didn't in the first game I watched. And so I'm just, I'm a little torn on him. I need to go watch more games. But based on those two games, I saw Jekyll and Hyde. What do you think?
0: I think that's fair, honestly. Uh, you know, he's got tackle guard versatility, which I think will help him out a bit. I agree with a lot of the concerns. I think, uh, you know, pad level isn't great. I don't think he is truly super flexible in his lower half. Part of that might be because he has a little bit of an injury history there. I have in my notes that he had to take a medical red shirt in 2019 because of an ankle injury. And he also had surgery on his knee cartilage in 2018 after spring practice. So, you know, maybe there's some sort of lingering stuff with that. I'm not one to speculate because I don't have the direct information to his medicals and his MRIs and stuff. But I think it's something worth checking out. But either way, I think that he's a strong blocker. He's got very good size You know, I still project him inside because I think he's just a better fit there. I think he's, you know, better in more condensed spaces. I think that, at least from what I've seen from him on tape, there's, you know, there's been improvement in terms of his want to, to truly, you know, drive guys back at the point of attack, which I think is encouraging. Does a good job of neutralizing speed to power, in my opinion. And he's someone I'm thinking probably like late round, probably like a round three. He's a late day two type of guy for me. I think round three is pretty fair for him. Maybe not an impact day one starter where it's like, holy cow, this guy's amazing, but he's someone I think could eventually win over a starting job as a rookie and put together enough flashes to think, all right, you know, we've got something here. So I think he's a good player. Uh, I don't know exactly how high his ceiling is going to be, but I think he can be a decent enough starter at the next level. Uh, And so the next guy I want to talk about is another dude we saw at the Senior Bowl and, you know, started off his career as a center, switched to guard. And, you know, that that guard is where he really started to take off. And that's Steve Avila out of TCU. And I I know a lot of people have been talking about him. There have been, you know, reports. The Bears are interested in him. uh, You know, take that for what you will. He's just a thick guy. Uh, I'm going to be honest. Like, he's, you know, he's a big boy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's built like a fridge and he's just a, you know, strong dude. He has thick lower body and you know, that raw strength in his lower half allows him to hold up well at the point of attack. I think he uses his hands pretty well. Maybe not the fastest hands, but certainly powerful hands and he, I think he has good grip strength when I watch him lock up at the point of attack not the best athlete from a mobility or a lateral quickness perspective, but I think he's got good enough short area burst on tape. And, you know, that's something that's reflected. I feel like I've said this like five times, you know, in various places at this point, but Steve Avila had the best acceleration out of any offensive lineman at the senior bowl when he, he was in practice, which did surprise me a little bit because I don't think he's going to test unbelievably well. From, you know, like an agility perspective, but you know, that short area quickness, it's good enough that I don't think he's going to be a total liability in like a wide zone sort of scheme. I think there's certainly some concerns about a long-term fit there, but I think he's a good enough player where you can kind of sort of overlook those. He's someone I also have in like that round round three range you know, intriguing prospect to me, but I'm curious, Q, what you think about him because I, I know the scheme fit is a little bit murky, but, you know, I think we're both in agreement he's a good player. Yeah,
1: no, I mean, I think he has a styming anchor, you know. I mean, he yeah. is, like you said, he's a refrigerator. He's he's hard to move. When he, when he sits down and says this is as far as we're going, it's pretty much this is as far as you're going as long as you're in the phone booth and yeah. you don't have room to run around him because – if that's the case, you're going to – you might be able to run around him. But when the the reports came out earlier this week about the Bears being really interested in him, I was kind of w- – I was surprised by that because it was – I was thinking like, you know, they, they probably want more mobility there yeah. and that that's not really his game. But the one thing that – the one conclusion that I could come to with it that made sense was that – it feeds back to what you said about his uh, his explo- him having the best explosiveness of an offensive lineman. And I have in my notes here that he can open up run lanes in a straight line at a high, high level, right? He can explode off the ball very well in a straight line and keep that moving. So if the Bears decide to go into full scrum rugby mode and put him at center, it could make sense if they, you know, pull the Jalen Hurts plays out where it's fourth and two. If we need two yards. Just get behind Vela and go. Like that. That. That's. That's the only thing that really makes sense to me for him with the Bears if they put him at center and they go for more of it, more of that style, in their short yardage offense. But like even at center, I think a guy like, like JMS or some of these other guys make more sense because of their movement abilities. Next up here, let's see speaking of one of those centers who has better movement abilities, but might not be able to open holes near on the same level is Jarrett Patterson oh. out of Notre Dame uh, played three years. I believe at center before switching to offensive guard this past year due to an injury, a torn pec. Um, Patterson's a guy who I, I was higher on going into the senior bowl. I think some of his uh, pass protection ability is really impressive for the center position. And he's, he came into college as a, offensive tackle so he is a bit more natural in the pass protection and just some of the he's just a very technically sound player I think it seemed like Notre Dame asked him a lot to be the point man on where they were running the football and he was always consistently getting his butt between the defender and the runner you know and turning the defender and opening up the run lane it was just you know it, it was it was like bread and butter for them it was just something that they consistently did well. He did not have the best Senior Bowl showing, and a lot of that was him playing guard. I think he's a center prospect, and but if he wants to play guard, he's going to have to prove it to these teams. Um, but I'm I'm still high on him as a center prospect. Or not? I shouldn't say high. Higher than others I've seen out there. I think he's probably like a, a fourth round guy, maybe somewhere around there uh if you're really reaching early third maybe but um i think he's a guy who tall taller than most centers and has that athletic ability to hit the second level and hit his targets consistently what do you think jacob
0: i'm in total agreement i think that patterson's a center prospect to the next level and i think watching his center tape compared to his guard tape he looked better to me as a center and you know that showed up at the senior bowl we've talked about that it's uh you know he looked markedly Blet markedly am i saying that right i don't know but <laughs> he looked better He looked better is what i'm trying to say uh as a center than he did at guard and you know certainly has an impressive collegiate resume for how long he's been starting at notre dame uh i think he's got good power like you mentioned good size i think that there's some you know promise in terms of his overall athleticism i think you know I keep mentioning rolling the hips through contact. I think that's important because some guys can't do that. They don't have the coordination. They don't have the control over their own movement to like get in the way of another guy. And I think Patterson- I didn't.
1: I didn't know what you called that. I just knew it when I saw it. And yeah. I'm very glad you said it rolled the hips through contact. Now I can start saying
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's something like I noticed. I'm like, how do we put that? I don't remember where I first heard that, but I heard that somewhere and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to stick with that. But uh, yeah, no, that's, that's an important skill rather. And especially for, you know, I think for a bear's perspective, someone who can move that well is coordinated at the point of attack. I think Patterson can do that. I'd like to see a little more flexibility in his lower half. I think it's sometimes he can be a little stiff in his knees, even if his foot works good. I'd like to see him get a little bit lower. And, you know, I agree he didn't have a great senior bowl, especially when he was at guard round four is probably where I'm going to end up having him as well. So you're, I think you're betting on the center tape with him. And I think that's probably where you're projecting him at the next level. And here's another guy I want to talk about the last guy we have on our list. And that's Nick broker out of Ole Miss. And he's someone, you know, tackle guard versatility. I like him a lot more as a guard. I don't think he's like a high upside guy, but I think he's a high floor type of dude. He's someone, you know, not the biggest out there, but I think he's patient in how he moves laterally. He's got good feet, you know, wide base uh, and pass protection. I think he's, you know, a good, some of his tape is a tackle, you know, some of those vertical sets. I think he did a good job in those. Honorable student over his time in SEC. And, you know, always say that there's, a difference between like football intelligence and on the, you know, in classroom intelligence, but you know it shows up both ways. Uh, Cause I think broker does a good job of keeping his head up and, you know, trying to find work in whatever way he can. And he's pretty quick to process what's ahead of him. Don't think he's the best athlete out there. And I don't think he's the nastiest blocker. So you're not looking at a highlight level blocker, a type of guy who's going to put together like those pancakes or like those insane pulls that, you know, go viral on Twitter all the time. But, I think he's someone who will do his job and he'll do it pretty well. I think like a late round three, early round four is where I'd put him. I, you know, I, I project him as a guard at the next level, but I think he could play just about anywhere along the offensive line if you absolutely need him to. So Q, I'm curious for our last guy here, what are your thoughts on Nick Broker?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I just, in my notes here, it's like solid anchor, solid run block power, solid grip, So he's just solid, you know, (laughs) like there's nothing that that, like, yeah, that, that he's blowing up with. There's nothing that you're saying. They're saying this guy has this superpower trait that you, you need to get. You can't miss with this trait. It's more like he's just solid everywhere. Everything he does. He's, it's what he's supposed to do. He's consistently doing his job. And there's a place for that on the football field, right? Like you don't need to be making these splash plays, all the time if you're just doing your job consistently. And I think he's that type of player and he's just a little nasty too, which yeah. I like to see just, yeah. just the right amount of nastiness to not get penalties, but still get under, under your opponent's yeah. skin. I yeah. think now let's see. I think that his, his, his hustle is a good factor. And I really think what you said about his, his IQ out there, it shows up, he picks up, picks up stunts and blitzes smoothly. He is really good with his angles, especially off of combo blocks and his timing, yeah. his timing of when to hit, when to disconnect and move to the next level is something that really showed consistently throughout the tape as something that he's clearly practiced and put effort into, and it's doing very well. Um, so I think you're right. Somewhere around like fourth round for him probably makes sense because he's not, you know, you're not adding to your freak list when you draft this guy. Yeah. But you're saying, this is a guy who at the least is going to be able to step in off the bench when we need him to. And at the best will be a, you know, a starter to a good starter for us for years.
0: He's a dude who knows how to play football. He's yeah. a football player first and foremost. I think that's a way to uh, explain it. And even if the upside isn't sky high, he knows what he's doing out there. So I think coaches will come to love that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, That wraps us up on our uh, first batch of 10 interior offensive linemen for the board.